There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Until you understand completely the wrath of God, you cannot understand the depth of the love of God. They're inextricably tied together. Hi, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we'll continue Jesus Paid the Price, a message about God pouring out His wrath on His own Son so that we will never have to experience it. You can actually look at these gardens, these dark gardens of your lives as time to let your light shine. You may not know why, but you know who, that He can be trusted, that He's faithful. He will never abandon you. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue, Jesus Paid the Price. I've used this story before, I'm gonna use it again, a little different application. When I was a little boy, I had a paper route. And there was a little boy on, actually he's a big boy, three years older than I was. He, he lived to terrorize me. He just lived, you know, some people are just mean, as I've said before. His mommy didn't do anything bad to him, he's just mean. People choose sometimes to be mean. Even his dog was mean. That's why all dogs don't go to heaven. This is a mean dog. This dog's not going to heaven. And so he lived for Friday at 3.30 when I'd come around and knock on the door and I would say, collect paper boy. And that means, that just means it's time to pay me for delivering your newspaper to your front door. It's time for you to take a crowbar to that wallet and give me a nice tip. I'm young. I need cash. And he just waited for me to get there. And then he would spit tobacco juice on me. He would throw uh, Coke bottles at me. He would stick his dog on me. He terrorized me. And I took it for a while until I couldn't take it anymore. And I told my older brother, who was a championship uh, wrestler. And my older brother said, well, this can't keep going on. I need to come and do something. Thanks. So he came and he stood behind the telephone pole. And I went and knocked on the door. Now, understand that my older brother was putting his life in jeopardy too because this young man had a a father and some brothers and a mean dog. So I went to the door and I knocked on the door and I didn't even wait. I just hit him right in the face as hard as I could. In the name of Jesus, I struck him. And then I ran as fast as I could because I knew my brother would intercept him. And my brother did intercept him. And he opened up a can of hurt, pain and suffering. And I stood there and I enjoyed every second of it because I was not yet called by God to be a pastor. I was not about restoration yet. I was about retribution. And I just enjoyed justice, judicial punishment. And you know, my relationship with my brother changed after that. I knew he had a certain affinity and and, and sentiment for me, but when he did that for me and put his life in jeopardy, 
I don't know, I recognize, well, my brother actually does love me. That he took the terror that I deserved. Let me pause here. Do you know why we don't feel loved by God? It's because we're in a generation and a nation that doesn't like to talk about the wrath of God. But until you understand completely the wrath of God, you cannot understand the depth of the love of God. They're inextricably tied together. See, until you see yourself as an object of the wrath of God because of your sin, then you're not going to have a love appreciation for God because of what he did for you. In reality, you don't think you're that bad. So God doesn't really need to punish his son for me. I mean, come on. So the love of God will never have any true deep meaning for you. See, why is it that I cry out to God, why don't you take Robert Mugabe, he's the president of Zimbabwe, why don't you take him out, man? He's killing his people. He's depleting the nation. He's 94 years old. As my older brother used to say, man, mean don't die. The meaner you are, the longer it seems you live. So God, take him out. But yet I can never remember ever saying, God, I'm mad at you because you haven't taken me out. Remember I asked you a few months ago, have you ever lied? Yes. What does it make you a liar? Have you ever taken something that doesn't belong to you? Yes. What does that make you a thief? Have you ever coveted something? What does that make you a coveter? I mean, we're all sinners. And until you, until you truly believe that about yourself, you'll never know what it is to be loved by God who instead of pouring his wrath out on you, pours it out on his own son so that he would not lose you. Think about it like this. In the first garden, think about what Jesus did for you now. In the first garden, this is important. In the first garden, God says to Adam and Eve, obey me about the tree and you will live forever. And intimacy with me will be the daily walk of your life. But then he comes to a second tree in the garden of Gethsemane and he says to his son, Jesus, obey me about the tree. And if you will, I will abandon you and pour out my wrath on you like you've never seen before. Nobody experienced what Jesus did. But the question is why? Why? And here's the answer. So that when you come to the dark gardens of your life, when those things happen to you, you will never have to say, God is punishing me for something bad that I've done. No, because he poured all his wrath out on his son. See, this is what happens most of the time. I believe most of us believe that God is sovereign. And I believe that you believe that God is good and has the best intentions for your life. I think your doubt has to do more with you than God. One illustration, I'll take you home. I was off last weekend. It was great. Pastors don't get weekends off. I got a Saturday off, man. So I drove out to Palm Springs, played a little golf and spent the day with a buddy of mine. After being there about a half an hour, I realized that he had also had a friend come to visit him and he wanted to introduce me to her. And within 30 minutes, she says to me, you know, I really need to talk to someone. I'm on vacation. I'm not talking to you. I mean, it's amazing what happened. I just don't want to talk to you right now. I'm on vacation. I know you have problems, but I'm on vacation. I don't care. I mean, that's really my attitude at first. I'm just being honest. I don't want to talk to you. 
About an hour went by and she said again, I really need to talk to someone. I knew what she meant. I really need to talk to you. I said, okay, how can I help you? Man, when I heard her story, it just reminded me of when we think our lives are bad, we got no idea. Five years ago, she had her child and the child died after one day. You should hear her story. She had the child, the little boy, and the cord was wrapped around his right leg. The doctors took him into the ICU and said, oh, he's born strong, he'll be fine. So she waits. Two hours later, they want to transfer the child from Hemet to Beaumont. She follows them. She's there for hours. They come out and they say, okay, we got some complications. Don't worry, he's born strong, he'll be fine. They rush the child to Loma Linda. And the next day they come out and say, you better come in and hold your child because he only has minutes left. She holds the son and he dies. Nobody explains anything to her, tells her why. She turned to a small savior called alcohol to numb the pain. And now here five years later, she's an addict and she's drinking herself into oblivion. She's 45, she looks like she's 60. But she, she, she just wants help. She says, how can I find peace in this garden? She didn't say it like that, but how can I find peace? How can I go on possibly? I know God is sovereign and I know that he's all powerful and he can do anything and I know that God loves me. So she gets it. She knows all that. She believes it. So she's gone to the default that most of us go to. She says, I must have done something really bad. And I'm being punished. When you come to the gardens of your life, you have to remember that Jesus staggered so that you would never have to. That he was abandoned by God so that you would never have to be that the wrath of God was poured out in him so it would never be poured out on you. That whatever the reason, it can't be because he loves you or doesn't love you and it can't be because he's mad at you and he's punishing you. All the punishment due us was poured out on his son. That's the only way you are to live. In fact, we could say it like this. Jesus trusted and obeyed perfectly and suffered so that you and I can trust and obey imperfectly and have peace. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Pastor Jeff's message is Jesus paid the price, a reminder that we can no longer be punished by God because it was all poured on Jesus. It's what Paul said in Romans 5, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act. What Jesus did on the cross resulted in justification and life for all people. I'm not saying that God won't have times that he'll discipline you, but the discipline always leads to restoration and life. Condemnation and judgment leads to condemnation and disintegration. The only way to live your life is to know that what Jesus did in that garden is so that you would never have to. You'll never be abandoned. And God's not going to come down and punish you by taking the life of your child because he's angry with you, because all of his wrath was poured out on his son. So he would never pour out his wrath on you. Do you understand that? So that you can actually go forward in your life in great peace. You can actually look at these gardens, these dark gardens of your lives as time to let your light shine. You may not know why, but you know who, that he can be trusted, that he's faithful. He will never abandon you. 
And he will bring all the chaos into your life, into a beauty and pattern and design. What did Jesus do after the garden? He said in Matthew 26, put your sword back in its place. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus said, don't fight for this. If I I didn't want to do this, I could take care of it myself. But I want to do this. It is the will of the father. And he says, not my will, then yours be done. Have you got to that point in your life yet? That you can say, God, not my will, but yours be done. In Matthew 27, when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they're bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. Why? He's not fighting it anymore because he knows it's the will of the father. And so he approaches it with poise and peace and perseverance. What does all this mean? My friend Chris backstage, who helps us every weekend almost, goes for dialysis four times a week. Do you know what that's like? Four times a week. And he's a young guy, but this is how he's going to live the rest of his life until he gets a transplant, hopefully, someday. Well, a couple of weeks ago, the doctors then give him the bad news that there's a spot that they're noticing and it doesn't look good. And I said, Chris, right now, God seems to be moving in dramatic ways in our church. So if there's ever a season to pray for healing, pray now, because the answer seems to be yes in this season. And he did pray. And we got people praying. And he went back into the doctor and the doctor said, I can't explain it, but it's gone. You're okay. Now, now here's the question I asked Chris. What if the answer had been different? Could you be at peace knowing that you're dying? What I like about the garden is Jesus is totally realistic. He's not emotionally, well, he's not putting on a happy face. He expresses his feelings, but once he knows the will of God, it's trust and obedience. Guys, you know this is possible. We saw it in Adriana. Do you remember Adriana? 13 years old, and she's dying. And we're all over in San Dimas by her bedside, and we're praying, and she keeps saying, God, I'm ready. I'm total peace, almost with humor and laughter, a 13-year-old. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. Remember Izzy? Same thing. I sat with him over in Laverne on his couch. He's dying last days. He's saying, I'm ready, God. Come on, let's do this. Let's get it done. Peace. How does that happen? My father was the same way, a little different. My father said, okay, God, if you ain't going to heal me, let's go. (laughs) It's obvious here you're not, and I don't know why, but okay, let's get this done. Let's go. That's my dad. My first one life, Gloria in Zimbabwe, held her hand up and said, Pastor Jeff, no offense, but you have no idea what this is like until you walk through it. God has revealed so much to me in these last moments. I'm fine. I'm ready to go. It seems that people who get this go into the dark gardens of their lives with a sense of God is sovereign and I know I can trust him on the basis of what he's done for me in the past. So I don't get it, but I submit to it. Not my will, but yours be done. And I know in the end, he will restore everything to an infinitely greater degree anyway. So, okay, God, my life is yours. But have you ever met someone that is afraid to die? I've sat by the bedside of some people, most notably my grandfather was scared to death to meet God, kicking and screaming. There was no peace. There was no contentment. There was just anger and hatred. The only way, this is the only way I know to live. It's the only way I know. 
to look back at what Jesus has done for you and to submit to the will of God. Elizabeth Elliot, the wife of Jim Elliot, said, I dethrone God in my heart if I demand that he act in ways that satisfy my ideas of justice. It's the same spirit that taunted Jesus. If you're truly the son of God, then come down from the cross. There's unbelief. There's even rebellion in the attitude that says God has no right to do this, but God is God. And if he is God, he's worthy of my worship and my service. And I will find rest nowhere but in his will. And his will is infinitely, measurably, unspeakably beyond my largest notions of what he's up to. You know, I mentioned my friend Clive Rahurui earlier. Clive is very different from me. He's a bulldog. He's a bulldog. What does that mean? He plays the long game. Whatever happens, it never sets him back. It's amazing. We're on radio in Australia today over 800 stations because of his tenacity. He just wouldn't give up. He just wouldn't give up. And if anybody ever had the right to give up, it could have been him. But he says, no, I play the long game. He's a bulldog. He's just a bulldog. He's not a mean bulldog. So he, he will go to heaven, but he's a bulldog. In the movie, The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones, the only way he can save the life of his father is if he takes the clues in the book and takes a step of faith and risks. It's dangerous, but if he doesn't do it, his father will die. And the general looks down to Indiana Jones and says a question that I think God says to all of us. It's time, Dr. Jones, to ask yourself, what do you really believe? So I ask you, do you believe that God is sovereign? Do you believe that God can be trusted? Is he your father in heaven? You only trust people that love you all the way down. And God has already shown you that he loves you all the way down by pouring his wrath out on his son instead of you. And abandoning his son so he'd never have to abandon you. But none of this is the real problem, is it? This is the end of the sermon now. You've done well, so proud of you. It's not the real problem, is it? You know what the real problem is? You don't trust yourself. Same thing with my friend that I met in Palm Springs. You go to the default, and here's your default. Okay, God is good. God is sovereign. God loves me. He'll never leave me. So I've done something really bad. Now God is out to get me. Let me encourage you. Matthew 26, verse 37, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. So he's having a panic attack. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? This is supposed to remind you that Jesus will never leave you even if you fall asleep. Think about what Jesus could have done. Come on, guys. I need you. You bunch of losers. You can't even stay awake. I mean, I'm about to go to the cross. You're so thick you don't know that and you're not my friend because you can't even help me. You can't even stay awake. Keep watch. You bunch of losers. That's it. The deal's off. I'm not dying for you lot. He doesn't do that. Do you hear the tenderness in his voice instead? Here's what he says. I know, guys, your spirit is willing. Your flesh is weak. So I'm going to die for you. You can't be righteous, I know. So I'm going to be righteous for you. The passion reveals to you there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. Nothing. 
You can't wear the love of Jesus out. <laughs> You're never going to go to God and say, that's it. I got a limit to my love, you know. Come on. You're sleeping on the job. You're not righteous. You've fallen so many times. Forget it. No. The garden is to show you that all the wrath of God's been poured out on Jesus, so it's not going to be poured out on you. And he's never going to abandon you. And that's why he abandoned the son, so he'd never have to abandon you. There's nothing you can do. I don't know how to communicate that to you. That Jesus took hell for you so that you would never have to be separated from him ever. And that even though you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, his rod and his staff will comfort you and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you and praise you for the power of your word, for the ministry in the garden, for what we're supposed to take away from what Christ has done for us. I pray for every person in the room right now that has had something happen to them in the past that they've not been able to let go of. I pray that this would be a day in which you would set the captives free. I pray that they would see you in a new light, in a new way. That although they may never have this exhaustive understanding of what happened and why it happened, they do know that you're sovereign above all, that you have defeated evil once and for all. And this could be in this moment of a dark garden, their time to shine and to be a light into a dark world. I pray that every single person who's had that experience in the past, they'd let go of it today and just go on forward with great success and a dependence on you, knowing that you will take even the chaotic moments of our lives and bring beauty and pattern and design. I pray that the evil one would no longer have his way to bind them and hold them under shackles so that they can never experience the abundant life you came to bring. And I pray for that freedom to happen through miraculous ways. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. That's the end of Jesus Paid the Price. What a beautiful truth that because of Christ's sacrifice, we are free to trust and obey God imperfectly and still have peace with God. You can find more from Pastor Jeff at our website, vision.org.au. Just search for Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.